Vox Quick Hits. In the 1980s, people were terrified. Rapid urbanization, population growth, and a rise in the double-income family model had all contributed to some highly specific fears. That any stranger on the street was a threat. That trick-or-treating on Halloween was a possible death trap. And even the fear that the people who were looking after your kids at daycare were worshiping Satan and using your children in satanic rituals. This was the satanic panic, one of the most famous moral panics in history, which stoked fears among an increasingly conservative evangelical America over godless teenagers and deviant music. But this fear of the occult didn't fade away after the 90s. The most recent example? Lil Nas X and his latest music video, Montero. Staff writer Asia Romano just wrote about this and is joining me to talk about it. Hi, Asia. Hi, Rebecca. So before we dive into the history of the satanic panic, can you explain why Satan worship seems to be on people's minds right now? Oh, I think uh, there are a lot of reasons. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of evangelical zeal in the in the U.S. lately um, and a lot of ideological polarization, which also uh, tends to breed lots of, of hysteria and social panic and moral panic. So we've got a lot of that going around. But most recently, last week, little Nas X, uh, who you probably know from his hit Old Town Road, uh, turned a lot of heads with his his latest music video, Montero, um, which is subtitled Call Me By Your Name. In it, he basically performs his identity as a, a gay man. He's having fun in the Garden of Eden with Satan uh, in snake form. And later he goes to hell uh, and gives Satan a lap dance before killing that version of Satan and taking the throne for himself. Uh, So obviously that's a very, very controversial video for a lot of reasons. Uh, The way it's filmed is very homoerotic. Like it's a celebration of queer identity in a lot of ways, but it's also... It has a lot of references to classical religion. And so basically the idea is he's sort of claiming the sinful lifestyle that he's always been taught that, you know, if you're if you grow up gay, if you grow up queer, you're always taught that if you're if you uh, perform your identity, you're going to go to hell. Right. So the video basically celebrates his reclamation of his identity and his time in hell. So good times. So Asia, I imagine uh, people's reactions to this video were very um, measured and, and you know, polite and normal. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, no, they were not. Uh, it didn't help that he also released a, a limited edition collection of Nike shoes, um, not endorsed by Nike, but they, they contained drops of human blood. Um, and he released 666 pairs. So obviously there's a <laughs> lot of, of Satanism going on there. He had prominent politicians and prominent evangelical leaders basically calling him a tool for Satan and uh, basically saying that he's an example of why Christians are in a fight for the soul of the nation. 
So let's rewind for a second. Satanic worship has been around for centuries, right? But how did we get to something called the actual Satanic Panic? Oh, that's a really good question. It was a, a confluence of a lot of things. First, you had uh, the really shocking Manson murders back in the late 60s, 1969, which was sort of the first time um, the sort of ritualistic uh, killing idea made its way into the American mainstream, right? And the Mansons were a cult, although... We know now that, like, in retrospect, the the ritual was basically a facade. It was a, a giant distraction. Manson wanted it to look like a ritual killing, you know, when it wasn't. But that idea really took hold in the American mainstream. And then in the 70s, you have all kinds of occult activity. You have the, the hit blockbuster, The Exorcist, which really, really put the idea of satanic influence uh, sort of taking over our children, put that in the heads of every American. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. <gasps> the world of darkness. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. And I think for many people, that film changed the way that they thought about the forces of good and evil, right? So then you have all that playing out against this backdrop of psychosexual evolution and the way we thought about serial killers and, and murder and crime and all types of things happening in the 70s. So it seems like the 70s was full of all of this like bubbling up of creepy satanic discourse. How did that become an actual moral panic in the 80s? So in the 80s, you have basically the first official stirrings of what became satanic panic. You had a really famous uh, memoir called Michelle Remembers that's since been completely discredited, but it was this story written by a woman and her psychotherapist who uh, basically induced all these false memories from her of being horrifically ritually abused by this dark satanic cult, which obviously never happened. Um, but this was called Satanic Ritual Abuse. And uh, this book was a bestseller. And it was used as a tutorial in law enforcement to teach officials about these scary cults and so forth. Um, and it was just everywhere. And uh, it led to this phenomenon throughout the 80s and 90s, where law enforcement officials and psychotherapists would essentially interrogate children and induce all these fake memories out of them. And then they would prosecute people based on these these false imaginary accusations. The most famous example of this is the McMartin preschool trial, which was a very long trial that took place in California throughout the 80s. It became the most expensive trial and still is the most expensive trial in California history. Um, at one point, over 30 people were alleged or, or were suspected of participating in quote-unquote satanic ritual abuse. But one by one, um, over the years, the charges completely broke down because, again, none of this was uh, was real. And the accusations were really, really off the charts. Like people were, could supposedly fly. They were ritually sacrificing children, just all kinds of things. Um, and so eventually all the charges against the, the preschool staff were dropped. And so nothing came of it, but it was this very, it was this giant uh, wave of essentially uh, modern day witch hunting. And I mean, to take it back to Lil Nas X and his blood sneakers, like he's a huge pop star. The video has like 90 million views in just a, a week or two. How concerned should we be about this like movement of people who are 
stoking fears about him. Is this just a fringe movement or is this something that's like going to get worse? Well, I think the danger in assuming something is fringe, that's what people thought about QAnon, right? But you only need so many quote unquote fringe advocates to storm the Capitol as we saw on January 6th, Mm -hmm. right? It's not necessarily whether or not it's a fringe movement, but how intense the activity is, right? And what people are prepared to do in the name of purging the world of, of witches and and the things that they fear, right? When you have a lot of people uh, getting on board with the ideas and the ability to spread their message far and wide through social media, which is something QAnon has really benefited from, you run a higher chance of, of running into people who are really extreme, right? Um, and are prepared to go to great lengths to um, rid the world of evil. Well, yeah, hopefully Lil Nas X will be okay and he can continue making his satanic music videos because they're really fun. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much, Asia, for being here. Uh, You can read more of their work at Vox.com. 